0: That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition
1: of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. It's a Talking Tuesday. Yeah, we don't stop talking Tuesday just because the coaches have stopped talking to us for a little while. We're still talking. Phil Kornblutz, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel, glad you're with us. Phone number, 888-898-2525. If you couldn't, couldn't get through last night, feel free to get through tonight. Maybe you still want to talk about the weekend. Maybe you still got something else on your mind, or maybe you want to start talking basketball. Basketball. I said basketball. Uh, tomorrow night, 7-0 South Carolina at 7-0, 24th ranked Clemson. We'll hear from the head coaches tonight, Lamont Parrish Brad Brownell, as they preview the game. Should be should be a very good ball game at Little John, where Clemson has won fifteen in a row on the home court. More about that coming up. There's a lot of news today, of course, as things continue to spin around in the college football world. Andrew Makuba not going NFL draft, going transfer portal john. He is up and leaving Clemson. He's already gotten offers from Ole Miss in Oregon since putting his name in the transfer portal, John. So that's big news out of Clemson. We'll go over the status of the Clemson roster. We'll talk more about the South Carolina roster as well. And now that Chris is with us, off of his duties last night, a victory for Coastal Carolina over St. Andrews as uh, Cliff Ellis notches – Another, uh, another uh, uh, well, he gets another scalp. He adds another scalp <laughs> to his wall full of scalps. And uh, you can now spend more time talking about things from over the weekend and concentrate on that sure. because you had basketball on your mind last night. I've still got AAA. basketball on
2: my mind, Phil.
1: Well, and it is indeed a Talking mind, Tuesday.
2: Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it is indeed a Talking Tuesday. It's just basketball coaches are talking now instead of football coaches.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice change of pace. Nice change Mm -hmm. of pace. Uh, Phone number 888-898-2525. Go ahead and grab the lines and, and get in line and we'll get to you. We are at the beach. We are here for the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl Week. This is a celebration of high school football in South Carolina. You've got the Coaches Hall of Fame inductions later on this week. You've got the uh, Combine on Friday night over at Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium that will involve top juniors and seniors in the state. You've got all kind of activities involving the uh, bowl game, uh, the All-Star Bowl game. Uh, the players arrived today here in Myrtle Beach, and they took a little walk through at the stadium, see about uh, where they're going to be practicing, and the um, the protocol for going to the locker rooms and getting their equipment, things like that, things you, go, you want to learn before you, you hit the practice field uh, first thing tomorrow. And there will be two practices tomorrow and on Thursday and also on Friday. Though that last practice on Friday is kind of a light thing. But I'm sure they'll have it because, you know, they've cut the practices down from five days to three days. So you want to take advantage of every practice opportunity that you have to, uh, to get as much done. Uh, It's a game where, like football itself, the game's evolved to where they've simplified things. And the idea is to have a a pass-happy offense, throw the ball around the park, score a lot of points, and show excitement that way. So they've eliminated a lot of the other stuff that goes into a normal uh, football practice and a normal football game. But it is football nonetheless. And, of course, we'll have the broadcast for you here on our station's around the state who are taking it. More on that later in the week at halftime of the broadcast, we'll have the announcement of Mr. Football in South Carolina for you. Uh, that, will be, that will be a, uh, a live announcement that uh, if you're not here and if you're not looking at X or Instagram, the best place to find out who won Mr. Football is right here live with us over the airwaves. Now, before we get into anything else, I'm just seeing this. And, Chris, maybe you can share some light on this. I don't know. Danny Kelly covers Coastal Carolina, has tweeted out about a half hour ago, Coastal will have a press conference tomorrow at Mm -hmm. 1.30 at the theater auditorium in the Lib Jackson Student Union. The reason for the press remains to be determined. All right? What does this mean?
2: I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> I really don't. I got the same email that you got and that Danny Kelly got. I'm not sure. I mean, we could speculate. <clears throat> I'm pretty positive it's not. It has nothing to do with football. I wouldn't think. Um, though I think it was this time last year that Coastal introduced Tim Beck as this new head football coach. But I can't imagine it has anything to do with football uh, because if they were going to do a presser for the Hawaii Bowl, it would be you would think over at um, over at the football stadium. My guess. It might have something to do with basketball. I, I don't know, though. Cliff Ellis? Very, very possible. Mm-hmm. Would be it, the only thing I could speculate.
1: Really, I don't know.
2: Could this be it? Uh, again, I, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I got the same information that you just read. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know. Well, yeah. I'm asking you because you tried to touch base over here and you're, you're heard as back. close
1: you're as close to the man as anybody. I mean, you right. see him day in, day out uh, during the basketball season. So, I mean, you get any
2: hint from him? You sense anything from him? No, no. He keeps talking about how excited he is. Matter of fact, celebrating his birthday today. Mm. He turns uh, 21, according to Mrs. Ellis. That's what she told me last night. Yeah. <laughs> 21, then something. But, yeah, no, he seems very spry. I know one thing that has bothered him, and he's not alone in this regard. He's not a big fan of the current makeup with regards to college athletics, period, especially the transfer portal and how it affects basketball at his level. I mean, I could put together, and he could as well, I could put together a Sunbelt All-Star team with just the guys they've lost in the last five years up to the Power Five level. So I know he does not like that. But aside from that, uh, he has not given any indication that he's ready to uh, hang it up Hang the shoes up, hang the whistle up. But, I mean, he, if, if, he, if that is indeed the case tomorrow, I couldn't blame him a bit. Uh, 49 years in the business just on the college side, much less what he's done in high school. He actually told me a couple of months back, we were just chit-chatting, and he told me one thing, one dream he had, because he never expected to be coaching this long, but one dream he told me he had at one point in time was to move to the beach and open up a miniature golf course.
1: Huh. <laughs> well, I know somebody who could help him with that. If he's really interested in doing that, I've got contacts in the miniature golf course business. I can promise you that. Um, well, now what time is that thing tomorrow? One thirty. Well, that's perfect um, because there's a – I think it's a 2 o'clock press conference tomorrow involving the, uh, the Touchstone Energy Bowl folks and the program that they are involved with about fighting opioids. The coaches in South Carolina mm. fighting the opioid situation. They're having a press conference tomorrow, so that's it too. So I think, are you coming in for, this is the first time you and I have talked about this, so we're doing this over the air. Are you planning on coming to the coastal thing?
2: Yes, yes, I will be there. As a matter of fact, uh, even if we talked uh, late this afternoon, we would not have covered this because the release didn't go out until about 5.15 this afternoon.
1: Yeah, so we'll both be there. and Then I'll peel off and go to the, to the high school thing, and we'll be at practices tomorrow. So we got a lot going on down here. We'll have it covered for you tomorrow. Meantime, uh, a lot going on in the football world, just checking in and seeing a couple things. I mentioned Makuba, and um, also I'm seeing here where it's being reported that Juice Wells, that Texas and Tennessee, according to On3 reporting, they've emerged as schools to watch, according to sources telling uh, Pete Nakos Tennessee and Texas, uh, schools to watch there for him. And then we're also seeing that Chris Tyree is transferring from Notre Dame to Virginia. So he's announced that that's a big pickup for uh, Tony Elliott and the crew over there. And let's see, there was one other, one other note that I just came across. I'll have to go back and, and find it here very quickly. Um, Let's see here. Oh, one thing I want to mention, too, and um, uh, South Carolina, uh, now, you know, South Carolina has taken to using the uh, Garnet Trust, which is their internal, their their primary, their internal uh, NIL program now, okay? And so what they've been doing since yesterday, since the uh, Portal John opened, they are announcing players who are returning to South Carolina, but they're using this Garnet Trust NIL as sort of the focal point and signing they are they are promoting that individual players have signed with the Garnet Trust. So I am taking that to mean that they are signing players to NIL deals to stay at South Carolina, which I take to mean that you're you're paying your players to stay and not to leave. Select players you're making NIL deals with to stay and not leave. So, so far, for example, they've announced the following signings for the Garnet Trust. Josh Simon, Bam Martin-Scott, Tree Babalotti, Tonka Hemingway, Luke Doty, and Alex Huntley, and Jalon Kilgore, and TJ Sanders. So this is South Carolina's way of, I guess, announcing that players are staying. They're doing so the way I take it by indicating that these individuals have signed NIL deals mm-hmm. with the Garnet Trust, meaning, you know, they're going to get whatever money is part of those deals, which to me implies that you're paying players to stay and not leave. Um, that's good. That's bad. You can, you can determine in your own mind if you like it or not, but I think that's what they're doing.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right, and I think they've realized that's the only way they're able to keep players now, and you wonder, all right, what was the deal with, say, a tree Babalotti that was more attractive for him versus you would think for sure they offered this to Juice Wells too, right? I mean... Did they not meet his asking price? I mean, clearly we're starting to get into a bidding war. And I saw earlier today that the what the NCAA president, you know, and I were chatting about this this morning, uh, the NCAA president is pushing towards a model that would actually have the schools pay the kids directly. And I think if they actually want to get a hold on NIL and, let's face it, pay for play, let's take NIL out of the mix because that's not what it is. These kids aren't using their name or their image may be using their likeness, but they're using their athletic skills to make money, so they're being Uh paid to play. So, But uh, that model, I think, is the only way they can put the uh, genie back in the bottle and unionize the kids, have them sign contracts the whole nine yards and make it just like the pros because, let's face it, that's who they are now.
1: Yeah, that pretty much is, um, you know, slices it up right there and and describes it well. Um, And, again, this is the way South Carolina is doing it. I kind of uh, I don't know again, being a kind of an anti all this sort of stuff, I don't like any of it, but if that's the way they think they have to do it to retain their players, then you know that's what you do. I think there should be transparency. How much are they paying the players? why don't why aren't these deals made public? just like professional deals are made public? I mean, if you're getting paid by an outside source, if you're getting car deals or just flat out cash. Why aren't these deals being made public? One thing that they talk about is more transparency. Well, what could be more transparent, uh, transparent than making public uh, the deals that you're making with your players to keep them? This is all across the country I'm talking about, not just at Clemson and South Carolina. Sure. Um, let's, let's be transparent then. You know, you're paying them. You're taking the money of hardworking folks. Uh, and, and I also believe, <laughs> as, I've, as I as I think I mentioned this the other night, maybe I didn't, you know, you got coaches, head coaches making five, six million dollars a year. In the case of Dabo Sweeney, almost ten million dollars a year. Yet you're asking you know, the average South Carolinian makes about fifty thousand dollars a year, the average. So you're asking people who make what one, one tenth of what you make to give money to <laughs> give to players yep. that you can coach and you don't have to put a dime in. You don't have to put a dime in. The schools don't have to put a dime in. They want you, the fan, to fund it. That's the whole other part of this thing that I find totally insane is that the schools have found their sugar daddies and their sugar daddies are the men and women and boys and girls in 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 the case of our state, you know, of, of the people of South Carolina who buy into this stuff, who buy into this nonsense that we've got to pay players to, uh, to have a winning football team or a winning basketball team, um, I guess I really shouldn't call it nonsense. It, it is the way of the world today. But they've convinced people that it's funny how this has evolved if you follow college sports over all the decades. You know, if you're South Carolina, you go back. I remember as a kid when Paul Dietzel started a campaign, he wanted artificial turf at Carolina Stadium before it became Williams-Brice. So they started a campaign for Gamecock fans to contribute money to Carpet the Cockpit. That was the slogan, Carpet the Cockpit. Uh, And then over time, of course, it's uh, your various IPTA and Gamecock clubs, well, we got to raise money to build the facilities. we got to have a dorm for the athletes, okay? And it's got to be nicer than the dorm up the road. Oh, and then we have to have the academic building, For the athletes and the tutors. But it's got to be nicer than the one up the road. Oh, and then we have to have the more luxurious dining facility for the athletes. But it's got to be nicer than the one up the road. So, you know, give, give, give to no end. And now forget about facilities. Forget about dining rooms. Forget about weight rooms. It's about pure pay-to-play Give us your cash so we can give it to the players so we can try to retain them or we can try and go out and buy them and build the best roster that we can every year. This is a turnover after turnover situation where every year the schools are going to need more and more money to build a roster. I see no, under the current system, I see no way out of that.
3: Phil, two things. I think you answered first, you answered part of your own question when you were asking why this isn't public, and I could be wrong here, but the way I view it is these are private donations. It's not publicly funded. So we, we know any state, any employee of their universities, well, they're getting tax dollars, so that becomes public information. But if these are private donations, and I feel as though that might be why we're seeing it structured that way, is if it directly came from the school, then it could be construed as public funds. But since it's via donations from fans, it therefore becomes private. If I, Again, if I'm understanding that right, can probably. I say one thing real quick? Sure. You, yeah. you
1: probably don't even remember this, but I remember it well. Back when football programs were a thing, when I say programs, the thing you used to read at games, remember those things? You'd buy a football program at a game? Oh, yeah. still have them. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thumb through those older ones. I don't know if they still have them, but you get to the Gamecock Club page or you get to the IPTA page, and what do you see? Donations with people's names and the amount of money that they gave. To the Gamecock Club, if they want they to, have a choice. That's correct. I guess they do have a choice. There are some anonymous, but most are public. So, I mean, if you're willing to put your name by a ten thousand dollar gift to the Gamecock Club or IPTA, why wouldn't you be willing to put your name by a five hundred dollar gift or a ten thousand dollar gift to NIL? It's not dirty money. It's not illegal. Why wouldn't you want your? Why wouldn't you want it to be known? But well, go ahead. I understand.
3: Ahead. And, and, and again, I could be wrong with this too, but. Are you comfortable telling everybody listening right now your salary? How much you make from sports talk and sponsors? Are you okay sharing all that information, or sure, do you I, think that's private?
1: Absolutely, I make two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> a month. <laughs> all right, what else you want to know? You want to know my taxes? Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> I pay thirty-two percent. Right <laughs> yeah. What yeah. else you want to know?
2: <laughs> Pat and I are going on strike as of right now. If that's, that's right. If that's, that's what you're, making. you're pulling in.
3: <laughs> um and then also this now was a few minutes ago and, and wanted to make sure you could get all that out there and, and appreciate everything you're saying talking about the players that now maybe entered the portal and now have withdrawn from the portal and are electing to stay and the presumption being okay well they're being paid or some of which is becoming public knowledge they're being paid from what was it you said the garnet trust or some other right. organization garnet trust uh-huh personally and again we're going to disagree on this i, I applaud the players kudos to them they're seeing their coaches do the same thing. How often do we see head coaches or assistant coaches flirt with other coaching opportunities? Like, oh, hey, guys, I'm interviewing for a job at XYZ, SEC school, or Big Ten school, whatever. And they're only doing that to leverage their current employer into increasing their salary. Like we saw certain coaches, Carolina and Clemson, we've seen it time and time again. They'll go interview at an Arkansas, a Texas a and a Georgia, whatever. And it's they don't really have the intention of going but it's almost a bluff, and they just want to get a raise out of their current employer. And so now we're seeing players do ah. the same thing. And again, if the players who we like to view as, quote, unquote, the kids, well, they're learning from the so-called adults in the room how to do this. So if the adults in the room are doing it, why shouldn't the players?
1: That's Well, that's true. But according to the NCAA, they're not employers of the players. The players are not employees. So how can there be collective bargaining or any kind of bargaining or negotiating like it is in the case of a coach who is an employee? Yep. Um, so, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and that's probably true. I mean,
3: you some, of these there,
1: might have, some of these players might have flirted with with some other places. You know, we had heard that Tonka Hemingway had some some offers from other places, in particular LSU, so maybe – that came home to roost, no pun intended at South Carolina. that came home to roost, and they uh they um in, in, they they increased the ante for him you know they they did a better deal for him. I don't know. this is perfectly valid speculation it's and it's you know what people can criticize us for talking like this about players at South Carolina or Clemson or anywhere else, but what else are we supposed to do? What else are we supposed to think? with the way things are played out now you know i don't think there's any other conclusion to be reached other than the fact that uh south carolina's worked out uh, nil deals to keep these players and i mean i'm not so sure it's great pr to use signed to an nil deal as the to show that a player is staying versus a player just hiding the fact and coming out and saying hey i've I'm coming back. Let's run it back. We unfinished business. Rah rah rah. No, they're just flat out coming out and saying we've signed you. We've signed this player to an NIL deal, and thus he's not leaving. So we 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 paid him. We bought him. We kept him.
3: Yep. To Chris's point earlier, that's why this uh, or that that plays directly into current or new NCAA president Charlie Baker's proposal today with these sweeping changes to the way it'll work within Division One athletics. I athletics. I believe for now it's correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, it was just Division I programs, I believe was the proposal yeah, that'd be my guess. Um, but that he sent out today. But that plays directly into that fill where now it does allow the universities to no longer hide behind look, we all knew it was BS when universities were pretending like they weren't directly paying these guys. Hey guys, we're not the ones paying it. We're not paying you to come here for recruiting because that was supposedly still a violation. You could not use NIL as a recruiting tool. But it obviously was blatantly happening all across the country. This, to your point, now brings that more out into the light, and it's no longer happening in, in dark alleyways and stuff like that.
1: All right. We want to continue with this conversation, and we want to do it on the phone with you, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, uh lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Uh, let me uh, We're coming up on the bottom of the hour, so we'll take it to the bottom of the hour. Uh, and then we'll get to your phone calls, so go ahead and uh, jump on board, 888 898 take a bunch of phone calls, and um, Nebraska OC Marcus Satterfield, formerly of USC, and Ohio State transfer quarterback Kyle McCord were to meet today, this according to On3Sports, so they're looking to that's an interesting deal there at Ohio State. I mean, this was a guy who was a starter at yeah. Ohio State and had a great season, just didn't <laughs> he wants beat to go to Michigan, Nebraska? And now he wants to transfer out. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make any Nebraska's sense to you? Nebraska's horrible.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it makes zero sense. You've got one of the cush positions in all of college football. You're the starting quarterback at Ohio State University. There are only about, I don't know, three or four other positions in college football that maybe are more high profile than that. And, I mean, do you have somebody that they've recruited? I clearly don't follow Ohio State recruiting all that well. Is there somebody in the pipeline that he feels he's not going to be able to beat out moving forward so he's not even going to try? I mean, this made zero sense when I saw it come down.
1: Yeah, crazy. But it's par for the course this time of the year. Uh, Let's see what else do we have in here for you tonight. Oh, our poll question. This will be the final uh, night of it, and then we'll change it tonight for the basketball game. So, The reaction to the college football playoff field, of 533 votes are in. Uh, It's gotten a little tighter. 46.9% say it's the right four. 35.3% Florida State should be in, Alabama out. 12.9% say that Georgia should be in and Texas out. And 4.9% say Florida State should be in and Texas out. So basically about 40% say Florida State should be in the field in place of somebody else.
2: What so, was the consensus last night of our callers when they called in to chat about this uh, last evening? Since you I didn't know, it listen. was kind
1: of mixed. It was kind of mm-hmm. mixed. I think we had a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Some people agreed with the committee that without the quarterback, Florida State was not a whole football team. Uh, others thought that Florida State, with their record and the fact they won the ACC championship, had done enough to get in. So it was kind of a split deal. All right, we'll hit the break on Sports Talk. When we come back, we'll dive into your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Back in a moment. Uh We're back on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Let's get to your phone calls, Triple eight, eight nine eight two five two five. 898 2525 We've got recruiting coming up. We'll hear from uh, Brownell and Paris as they uh, preview the big game. Oh, by the way.
2: Historic game tomorrow night, by the way, too. And that is because? It's the first time in the 172, now 173rd meetings between these two that both are 7 and 0 this and undefeated, I guess, this late in the season. Wow. Never has happened before. Also,
1: I said earlier 15 game winning streak for Clemson actually in reading the notes, I read that that 15 game winning streak, but that was what they had before they lost. At home last year, they had a 15-game winning streak at one point. So, of course, I misread it, misconstrued it. They do not have a 15-game winning streak. As you told me during the break, they got beat at home in the NIT. Yes. To end last year. So, obviously, they have not won 15 in a row, but still, they've been very good at home. And we'll talk more about it, but I tell you what, Clemson's shooting. They are among the best in the country at shooting the three right now. Their combination, their inside-outside combination right now is very, very good. Uh, we'll break the game down more and talk more about it coming up. But right now, let's Corn, go before to – you go to the
3: calls, just uh, if it makes you feel a little better, I think most Clemson fans out there would probably like to pretend that NIT game never happened. <laughs> so they probably would like that you continue their 15-game uh, home winning streak.
1: Well, actually, I think they had lost even prior to that. They had. Yeah, they, they
2: won yeah. their last three at home. Yeah. But I should IT have
1: game. I should have known and should have remembered that they lost in the NIT, which uh, would have – in at any winning streak and certainly not have them at a fifteen. All right, let's go to Ron in Greenville. First call tonight here on Sports Talk. Ron, welcome in. It's good to have you with us. Hey Phil, I appreciate it.
4: Uh I got a question for you. Um if you will break down the Clemson South Carolina basketball game tomorrow night,
1: who is favored, you know? I can check for you in just a second as far as breaking it down well, as I said just a moment ago, uh, Clemson having a great year shooting the basketball from deep with Joe Girard uh, leading the way there. Uh, they are in the top 20 in the nation in that category. Uh, Their numbers so far this year in, a, in several um, categories rank uh, very high nationally. So, you know, it's kind of all come together for them. I think we're going to see a potential three-point shootout between Gerard and Michi Johnson. Mitchy John—I can't believe Michi Johnson was not the SEC Player yeah, of the Week.
2: that's ridiculous. I mean, it's all he did was ridiculous. score
1: 53 points and two wins last week, and shoot the shoot the lights out
2: of it. He plays at any other program in the SEC; he's the Player of the Week. It's what I've said for so long that Clemson and South Carolina, even for individual honors, have to do more than they should because he was clearly the best player in the league this past week.
1: Well, they gave it to a big guy who had uh, a lot of points and a lot of rebounds, too. But, gosh, to to do what Johnson did was pretty impressive. But you look at some of Clemson's numbers, they are 12th nationally in assist-to-turnover ratio. They are 9th nationally in three-point shooting percentage. They are 14th in three-pointers per game. Uh, They are, um, of course, tied with others for number one in winning percentage. So they got a lot of good numbers Uh, going their way, Um, I think Clemson's going to win this one at home. I just think their combination of being at home, uh, their size inside, uh, Scheiflin gives them a big rebounder inside. Uh, He had 17 boards the other day, and I think South Carolina. Now, we'll have to see how much um, Murray Bowles is able to play for South Carolina. If he's able to give them some quality minutes um, that will be another player off the bench for them that can give them some depth. But um, I think Clemson's too strong. P.J. Hall, Shiflin, um Gerard, Hunter's playing very well. Hunter's a terrific point guard for them. Uh, they got um, Wiggins going off the bench uh, the other day, playing at home again. Yeah, I think I kind of lean Clemson's way. What do you think, Chris?
2: I think Clemson may win it, but it is not going to be easy. The Gamecocks can defend, and that's one thing that I think Lamont Paris has been most pleased about his Team Plus. I mean, how can you count out the factor in in the Gamecocks if they continue to shoot it? Phil, you want to talk about Clemson shooting it? USC hit a school record 18 threes against George Washington the other night. I mean, if they shoot it like that, I promise you they'll beat Clemson. They'll beat a lot of teams. They'll beat Kentucky and Kentucky. I mean, that's how good they were from the perimeter. Now, you can't count on that every night. But I think Johnson is playing well, and the X factor has been B.J. Mack and his ability. And and, you know, uh, I think Coach Paris touched on this yesterday about his team. What's the biggest difference? They've got older guys. Miles Studi has fit in really nicely. Talon Cooper has played really, really well for them as well. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a terrific game. I think Clemson's favored five, six points. Eight That's and probably a, half. A, a okay. Eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I think if if it's eight and a half, I think I'd take the Gamecocks. Uh, Clemson will win, but I think the Gamecocks to cover because USC is going to play some defense against them.
1: All right, Ron. Eight and a Ooh, half yeah. is the spread. What you going to do with it? Hey, well, I would
4: have to probably I might take South Carolina eight and a half. But I tell you what, PJ is healthy this year, and uh, that's going to make a big difference, I think.
2: He's first yeah. team All ACC if he stays healthy. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe more uh, than that, maybe All American. Uh-huh. I mean, he's one of the yeah. best players in the country There's right no now. Doubt.
4: Yeah. Well, let me tell you one more thing. You you made me happy when I go when you you're talking about the uh, putt putt golf course. The guys going to open up. You're not going to believe this, but when I was a young kid. Not kid, but teenager. I was a professional in putt-putt golf course.
1: I think I remember that. I think you were on the professional putters tour, weren't you? I sure was.
5: That's I mean, amazing. I used to watch we'd, that every weekend.
4: <laughs> we drive down to Miami one week. Next week, we might be in Fayetteville, North Carolina. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they was about four of us. We'd hook up every Friday night, and we'd, we'd go you know, out of town and play the terminal Saturday and
1: Sunday. Well that's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Ron. Good hearing from you. Yeah man. Appreciate it. Clemson, eight and a half point favorite. What does everybody else think? Triple eight, eight nine eight, two five, two five. I just think the combination of Hall and uh the others inside, uh with their outside shooting, uh, I I just think it's gonna be too much Clemson plus the home court. They haven't won 15 in a row now, but they did have a 15-game home winning streak. Mm-hmm. And that's something to consider when you go up there and play the Tigers, especially the way they're playing right now. And they've got the um, attention of their fans. I imagine that Little John going to that place be isn't packed. sold
2: out tomorrow, Brad Brownell ought to walk out and say, I'm done mm. because I don't know what else he's got to do. Because you've got two teams coming in there. They're ranked inside the top 25. Gamecocks is on the outside right now, both at 7-0. Oh. What else are you asking of your fans? If they're not excited about them now, both teams, I don't know what else they can do.
1: Yeah, and let me get the name right, Shefflin. I know that. Yes. That's Shefflin. Want to get it right, Triple eight eight Let's go to Rodney in Mount Pleasant. Rodney. Rodney, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you? Good afternoon, well, good evening, rather, Phil and everybody else. Um, oh, I, by having you on, by uh, the way, by having you on, hang on, uh, that reminds yeah. me of a story I saw that was reported by HBCU Sports, I think it was, that State had offered the, do, the job, the football coaching job, to Coach Barry at Benedict.
5: Yeah, really? I, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, Called it game day, HBCU game day also. Um, this is my take on it. Um, I'll give you a little bit more deeper details that you you might have seen in that, um, may or may not. Uh, unfortunately, he's not um, in low demand. He's in high demand. Um, the two SWAC schools, um, Texas Southern as well as Southern University um, in Baton Rouge, are interested in his services. He's actually been Uh, coordinator um, at Southern, I think it was about seven years. So that's the only problem, and it's not just at the the high level, but um, FCS can have that issue as well. When you go after somebody, you hope your offer is is strong, but um, other places who are, are serious about football as well, and I'm pretty sure you're aware, Texas as well as in Louisiana, Football is a, a priority. Um, they had a guy that was above 500, I think, with both of his two seasons, and they they pretty much said he didn't get along with the, the alumni, evidently good enough, and they, they tossed him to the curb. They were willing to pay him to leave at an SCS level in order to, to move on. So my um, issue with that is I'm going to bring it to the state of South Carolina, your talk show, um, sports show, of course, touches every part of South Carolina and beyond. I want to know, does the state of South Carolina, as far as the real football fans out there, think that we need to support South Carolina State's effort to have um, Coach Barry be the, the coach? And the reason I say that is you have Clemson and you have Carolina, Coastal Carolina, of course, is a um, FBS level, Unfortunately, fortunately, they just haven't got the traction, so to speak, of being at that level. But the thing I'm getting at is, it's good to say I, I wish them the best and that type of thing, but similar to how the, the bigger schools have to put their money where their mouth is, if I think the last time I checked the population, 5.3 million exists in the, in the state, and it has grown probably, but since this is a tourist state as well, we constantly have people coming through here back and forth. If people just donate $5 by that that type of amount, it, it would blow other FCS schools here in the state just alone out of the water, and we have the track record to warrant it. But the thing about it is talk is cheap. People that give you a pat on the back. But then they don't do what they say they're going to do. So, I I, I want to ruffle feathers, but at the same time, it's it's true. Um, we, it's an excellent person. He has ties, believe it or not, through um, association. I think if I did the math correct, um, Coach Brick McNeil, um, Phil, you may remember him. He's a, a state grad. He um, had two stints of being a head coach, and he was the offensive coordinator under Coach Jeffries. Um, he actually, Chienis was uh, Coach Chaney, um, was actually at Savannah State, I think when Brick was there, as an um, offensive coordinator. Now, if that doesn't show you how full circle can come, if he's able to, to be the next coach at SC State, he'll end up being a head coach where his coach actually went to school at and and put them in the right direction because both of them have offensive mind, but they still have the ability to, to run our overall program. So the other thing real quick is the yeah. NIL. Mm-hmm. We have two excellent players that I – and this is the thing I need your input on. I think you said it. Do players actually know that they have the ability to come back? I think from what I understood, you have to put your name in the pot to show people that, you want money, so to speak, as far as a deal. So I'm wondering if there are, because there are several um, state graduates or people who are friends of the school that could, you know, sponsor them, but they may not be aware of the rules. So it's one of those things where people such as myself or other people have to educate the businesses to know, look, this person, I'll get you your bang for your buck, but, Right now, their mindset is, um, unfortunately, um, Mr. Barber, our defensive um, tackle, I think he was, he thought he had to leave to make it to the next level, meaning the the pros, when he has people within this five-year decade um, that have made it to the pros from SC State. So I'm going to be quiet and let you respond, but I'll be back in touch with you by tomorrow. But I think the Board of Trustees meet on, on Wednesday. Before Wayne say, I want the school to know that there are plenty of people that have put their money where their mouth is. Get Coach Cheney, um, Tennis there, but also make sure he has an excellent staff. South Carolina State represents this state very well and can in the future, but we have to support it without a doubt. All right. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, you're going to probably have to step up and do something. Um, Being over at State for a couple of days for the State Championships, I mean, they have a fine stadium. Um, Oliver Dawson Stadium, I mean, it could stand some updating for sure in a lot of areas, in particular the elevator, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But locker rooms and, you know, maybe another few coats of paint. It's a beautiful layout. I mean, I love the stadium. It's big enough to handle what they do at South Carolina State. I really like – the state campus and that area in that you've got the Coliseum and then you've got the stadium uh, within a few hundred yards of one another. you got a lot of parking there. I'm sure there's a lot of great tailgating and socializing that takes place um, outside the stadium walls prior to games. There so it is. it's a really good setup, um, but they've had financial issues there. They've had financial issues over many, many years that have stymied them in some way. They've overcome. The football program has been able to overcome that with Buddy Pugh in a lot of ways. But a new coach coming in is going to want new things, and he wants to see some uh, a shiny new coat put on um, what he's inheriting. Uh, you know, at, at Benedict, a smaller level, they've done some things. They, they've redone. They, they built uh, Coach Barry an entire new football office building. We were in it in August. It's very, very nice. For that size school, Um, I think a new weight room facility as well was built. They've done things around their stadium. Again, that's on a smaller scale. But Mm -hmm. he has certainly proven that he is an excellent coach from Albany to um, Benedict and and perhaps that. And it was sort of the no-brainer thought that when um, Buddy Pugh announced this was going to be his last year that uh, Coach Berry's name was going to pop up.
3: Berry came from Southern, by the way. Just, just a quick correction there. He was the OC, offensive line coach there from 2013 to 2015. Then he was the associate head coach, offensive coordinator, and offensive line coach from 2016 to 2019. Then he came came to Benedict, and you hit, you're exactly right there, Phil. He's done tremendous things. I mean, 11 and 0 regular seasons back to back, or 11 and 0 records back to back before losing in the uh, in the playoffs. This year, they were the number one seed and lost to the Lenore Ryan, who were the four seed by 10. Much closer than last year, the season ended unfortunately against Wingate in a bit of a bit of a blowout. But um, but he's done a really really good things there with minimal uh, things at his disposal. To your point, the resources they are now starting to provide for him, you got to think would at least be enticing to keep him around. And those are things that Benedict did not really have a whole lot of when he did get there, aside from a nice stadium.
1: All right, how many mistakes am I going to make tonight? He hasn't even ever coached at Albany. You're right. Yeah, I just want to make uh, sure
3: we give the guys respect. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah,
1: if I make a mistake, call it out. Let's see, 15 game winning streak. No, nope. coached at Albany. No. Nope. Uh, what was my other mistake? There was three. I made a mistake that I made a mistake. So that counts as my third <laughs> you, mistake. You weren't
3: <laughs> muted on the uh, stream, so that was. An but echo. I did
1: mute the stream. That was my third. Mi- this happens when I drive two and a half hours before going on the air. You know haven't had a chance that to get my the, head together.
2: That and the 1,200 kids going into the uh, transfer portal so far that Ooh. you're trying to keep up with. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Some of them. All right, that. let's
1: go to the break and uh, let me regroup personally. Uh, phone number is 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. We'll come back and take your uh, phone calls. Football Scoop is reporting that Middle Tennessee – is going to name Derek Mason as their new head coach after parting ways with Rick Stockstill. Derek Mason, the former – he did coach at Vanderbilt, didn't he? Yes, you okay. got that one right, yes. Got that one right. I think he also coached in the NFL. Uh, allegedly, heading to Middle Tennessee. Be right back. The stars do shine brighter at the beach as some of the best senior high school football players in South Carolina will be on display Saturday in the 76th Annual Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl. This is Phil Cornelieu. Be sure to join us for our broadcast starting at noon from Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. We'll have it all from kickoff to postgame, plus the announcement of Mr. Football at halftime. That's the Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl this Saturday at noon on the Sports Talk Media Network.
2: Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges in Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217. For all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs, you've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at com slash better you.
0: Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store.
2: Discover holiday magic with Founders Federal Credit Union. Now through December 31st, make your holiday shopping merry and bright with our special 7.99 APR rate on select holiday purchases made with your Founders credit card. You need to hurry, though. This rate will be gone as fast as the holidays. Visit FoundersFCU.com CC to save big this holiday season. Call 1-800-845-1614 for details about credit costs and terms.
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through Co-op Connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives. And as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com football season is upon us and that means columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country no matter where you're from gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that
1: can only be found in south carolina's capital city book hotel rooms find pre and post game activities and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com we'll see you soon and go gamecocks All right, coming up on the uh, top of the hour, but let's get you uh, more phone calls before we get there. Uh, it's uh, is it Brian or Bobby next? Um, I see number three, number four.
3: So we are it's going Bobby. over to Newberry next. Yep,
1: Bobby, Bobby and Newberry, Newberry, Bobby, Newberry. Welcome in, Bobby and Newberry. Hey,
6: hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. I'm a Dale Earnhardt fan, so I'm guarantee you uh, number three is great for me. <laughs> but guess what? You know how you count <laughs> the four
1: what? if you're an Earnhardt fan, right? One, two, yeah. Dale, four. Go ahead.
4: There you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: But my
6: question is, basketball has had it where you have students that come in, players, and they're one and done. They go away. Football now and, and other sports is with the NIL and everything is, you know, one, two, whatever. three, if a student gets to there and 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 graduate, I have no problem with that. But these one and dones or two and dones, you know people support these colleges with their, with their money to pay for scholarships. When is it going to be something put in where, hey, you get paid to leave, repay the money you got to get there.
1: Well now, a couple of things here real quick. keep in mind, some of these transfers, maybe even a majority of them right now of let's shall we say lesser named players, they're being asked to leave. They're being told to leave across the country because schools now want to go to the portal and replace and try and upgrade. So they're telling players they're kicking players to the curb. So okay. I would say in in some cases, and if you want to hold on, we'll continue after the break. I would say in some cases, maybe many cases, you got players who have no choice but to leave because the scholarships are only a one-year deal. We'll pick back up on your comments after the break.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-898. 2525. That's triple eight eight nine eight twenty five twenty-five. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel. Gavin is also in our studios tonight, so. The gang's all here, 888 2525 is your phone number. Update some basketball real quick. Boston College, 56, Central Connecticut, 28, Tennessee, 28, George Mason, 20, Queens, 36, Winthrop, 33, El Cid, 2, Pfeiffer, nothing. I like two nothing games. Western <laughs> Michigan, 8-7. If it stays over- there,
2: Phil, we've got a story. We do. If that's the final, we've got a story.
1: Western Michigan eight seven over Notre Dame, Merrimack six two over Florida, Virginia twelve four over North Carolina Central. Still to come tonight, you got Georgia Tech in Georgia, you got uh, North Carolina UConn tonight nine o'clock. That should be a lot of
2: fun. That should be a really good game.
1: Tomorrow night, of course, South Carolina at Clemson Tigers, favored by eight and a half. And we'll hear from the coaches uh, in a little bit. One other score of note. In the Big Ten, Wisconsin leading Michigan State, 9 2 eight two five two five. Back to Bobby, who was with us as we hit the break. Uh, so, Bobby, uh, back with you. And, yeah, as I was saying, you know, you were talking about right, guys hey. leaving and all that. So, keep in mind that a fair number of these guys, I believe, are um, guys who don't have a place uh, where they currently are. They're being – they're being told to uh, go look somewhere else, so and um, and
6: I acknowledge that Phil, but I'm talking about the high dollar folks that are leaving you know before they get their degree and and that's the only one, only thing I'm complaining about because it's like a it's you know Port John revolving door, whatever it is hmm. nobody gets any consistency anymore
1: well. <clears throat> Let's, let's look at Juice Wells as an example. Now, I mean, we were told that he had an $800,000 NIL deal. This was last summer. And I believe my source on this because I think he should know. Um, and so South Carolina pays him this, this ton of money through their NIL deal. Um, and then he gets hurt and he can't play. And they give him excellent medical care taking him to a specialist in Charlotte, doing everything they can to get him healthy so he can come play and help him out. Um, they spent a ton of money on this guy this past year, mm-hmm. both on and off the yeah. field. And what do you get in your for your thanks? Boom, I'm out the door to go seek more riches somewhere else. I mean, to me, there's something about being grateful. There's something about loyalty. Uh, and I think we're losing a lot of that. Exactly. in this in this era of you know exactly. me first and, and pay me pay me pay me and chasing the the you know almighty dollar to the to the highest bidder that that might not be in your best interest to go somewhere else. The grass is not always greener on the other side. I agree. I agree, Bobby. Thank you but very no much. Worries. Yep. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Thank
6: you for again tonight.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Great hearing from you. Let's go to Andy in Columbia. And a couple lines have opened up for the first time tonight. If you want to join in, 888-898-2525. Andy, welcome in to Sports Talk. How are you? Well, I'll tell you this. When the
7: grass is lined with a lot more $100 bills than the other grass, it is a lot greener on the other side.
3: <laughs> Good point. Touché. I've never seen somebody unhappy on a jet ski. Just saying, money does tend to buy happiness sometimes.
7: Okay, that's not the reason I called. I haven't heard y'all discuss this at all. I don't know if you saw it. Did y'all see what was in the paper? And I mean, it's really not a newspaper, but the state paper Sunday regarding the South Carolina High School League?
1: Uh, Let me think. Now, first of all, it it is a newspaper. They just raised my rates. Uh, And probably yours, too, Bobby. And secondly, um, the high school, oh, you mean about the state legislature trying to create some kind of laws moving into, to, the, to, Educa- moving into yeah. the Department of Education. Yeah, that's not the first time that's come up. Where, where's it headed? You think? I think it's
7: headed where they need to leave it alone. They should worry about legislative things, not school things. And just like walking Trump out in the in the halftime. I mean, come on, let's quit the politics. The athletics shouldn't be involved in politics, and. What's wrong with that? I mean, what's going to? We're going to have to pay Jerome Singleton um, unemployment if we did that. So that'll come out of our pockets. Hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, what do these? I mean, what but do here's, these here's a dilemma. Here, here you're talking about it but, on the high school level. Okay, cool. But here you've got the colleges who okay, have gone not
7: talking about colleges, Phil. No, 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 no. I
1: understand talking, that. I'm, I'm just I'm citing another example area. where. Uh, a a a an athletic body is seeking government help in doing their business. And is this something the high school league is seeking, or this is something that some representatives are looking at and saying, hey, we need to step in and take over high school sports in this state. We can do it better than the high school league can.
7: Well, you know Jerome Singleton much better than I do. Do you think he went somewhere and told him he can't do the job? Well, look. Jerome
1: Singleton will tell you he only does is. the job by the letter of the of the rule book, and that his bosses are the the principals and the superintendents and those who sit on the executive committee. The, they, you know, when Jerome makes a ruling, he'll tell you this: when something is brought, he's told it him to me ruling, to my face. Yeah, yeah. He goes by the letter. There's no gray area with him. He goes by the letter of the law in the book. And then he leaves it up to the appeals process, the executive committee, and then the appeals committee to sort it all out. So one thing about uh, Jerome Singleton, he's always run the high school league when it comes to enforcement that way. If it's in the book, there's no gray area for him. If it's in the book, that's the rule, then you can appeal it, you know, up the ladder and then get your relief if possible.
7: Well, how many legislators are involved in the appeals process? In the South Carolina High School League, at this point
1: in time, uh, that would be that would be, I think, zero,
5: because yeah. the executive committee
1: say. is all made up of um, high school folks, you know, principals and ads, right? And then right. Right. the appeals. Now, the appeals panel. Then it goes to an appeals panel and i'm not 100% sure who that who's made who who constitutes the appeals panel does that go to some legislative people uh, i'd have to go back and look and see I maybe somebody can straighten that out for me but i i don't know to be honest with you when it gets to that second level of appeals you know the executive committee can make a decision and if you disagree with it then you can take it to this appeals panel i'd have to look up and see who makes up that appeals panel maybe gavin can well, look fi- that up for us
7: my feeling is this phil when our um, when our department of our department of education here in South Carolina we cannot we're, we're the 46 ranked state in education. Why should those bozos take over the sports <laughs> that they can't even take care of education? Let them let them take care of the education first. Get it up to a decent level and uh-huh. then maybe we could consider letting them take on sports that's involved in the high schools.
1: Do you know how long we have been 46 or 47th or 48th well, in the country in education? We we have been there as long as you and I have been alive. I don't That's think we the so state positive. has uh, <laughs> I don't think the state's ever been out of the 40s. Since I've been around, I've always heard this, you know, thank goodness for Mississippi or South Carolina would be last in a lot of things. Right. Um, I was going to say,
7: 46, we're hot. That's high for us right now. So maybe they think they're doing such a great job mm. that they can handle other things.
1: Just shows you that you money right. can't fix everything. They keep throwing money, money, money after the problems, and the problems uh, don't improve. So it's got to be something else. Why do you keep throwing money at something? Maybe you need to look at, I don't know, people or um, – uh, philosophies or approaches I, I mean i don't know
2: um we less- have enough money in the state budget i think over half of the state budget goes to education money is not fixing the problem and more money certainly would not fix the problem and to andy's points the state newspaper actually had a survey of about 20 athletics directors around the state and only one of them said they wanted the uh, department of education to handle athletics everybody else said no Leave the government out of this and I agree with them to your That's point the last thing.
3: how many times has our governor in this state pocket. been caught uh, misappropriating state funds too i mean let's let's face it there's been there has been I'm in my 30s right now and I can name at least a dozen different examples in my lifetime of, of public officials in our state taking our hard-earned money and lining their own pockets or misappropriating it in some other way see I'm with you I don't want them having anything to do with that
7: I mean we're talking about they're going to have to use multipliers to figure out if some of these um, um um charter schools should move up or down. Uh-huh. We're gonna let someone who's forty six in education
1: use multipliers?
3: <laughs> I mean, what's what there? I mean, come on. Have you
1: not heard of something called a calculator?
7: They probably can't even use one of those. They're forty
1: six. Coach Mike Anthony, who who is uh he's got a Angle from both sides. He's a former coach, teacher, and a representative. He just texted me and said the appeals board, the final appeals board, is appointed by the legislature. So yeah, but but it's not them. It's not so, them, but they appoint those who mm-hmm. are who are on there. Andy, thank you very much. Appreciate Have it. Have a great day. Fellas. Yeah, man, good stuff. Appreciate it. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. I think we got a little and room for time may. here for more calls.
2: Uh, if you want to jump on board. Yes, sir. Andy's question in point, and I agree 100% with him about uh, keeping politics out of sports. Oftentimes, it's not sports that bring in the politics. It's the politicians butting in and having no business, i.e. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who I kind of like. But he is actually wanting to sue Somebody, I don't know who he would sue, but he's actually hoping to be able to sue the college football playoff committee, the NCAA, whomever, because oh. Florida State did not get into the college football playoff. Here's a guy who's got a campaign to be our next president of the United States. He's running one of the biggest states in the union. And his biggest concern right now is Florida State not getting into the college football playoff. Well, He's representing part he's of his constituency yeah. there. But he's running me, for election. Let me
1: remind exactly. him of this. Ding, he ding, may ding. not be aware because he was debating uh, the governor of uh, California the other day, and he's in Iowa a lot this time of year. The starting quarterback for Florida State has a broken leg and cannot play. He accounted for over 50% of their total offense this season. They Should are not, not the same though team without Jordan Travis, and in this system, which is not an NFL system, people who want to use the injury to Trevor Lawrence as an example of Florida State, that's apples and oranges. The NFL has a system where you play your way into the Mm -hmm. postseason. The colleges do not. They have a system where a group of people using... A, subject, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, a subjective approach, not an objective approach. They make a decision on your worthiness, and they look at injuries. And your quarterback is hurt. He is out. You scored 10 points in your last game without him. So I mean, they he, give up. Florida State is not one of the top four teams in the country without Jordan Travis. With Jordan Travis, they're probably two or three. But they're not top four. It's unfortunate <laughs> if they shouldn't have played playoff. him against North. Why was he playing against North Alabama to begin with when he broke his leg? Maybe they shouldn't have played him. Um, this is the risk you run. They're not a top four team without their quarterback. Um, their resume filled. is a top is, four is team. A, is a not not a yeah? But the team in reality, uh, the on paper, yes. In reality, no they would get smoked by whoever they would play we in know the semifinals.
2: This? How do we know because this?
1: Because I said That's the so. same thing
2: we heard last year about TCU had no business, and they went in and made it to the finals. Yeah, and what happened to them? Well, they got beat by Georgia. Georgia would have beaten anybody that, that day. Georgia was beat. extremely that good. Just,
1: that just wasn't beat. That was, that, that was a really
2: good Georgia That was team. illegal. When my what Georgia did to TCU
1: should have gotten Kirby <laughs> Smart 15 to 25 in, in a federal prison. That was... Flat Sixty-five out, to seven. Beat down somebody. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's got enough to with the
2: law to Let's worry go to about. Tom. They lost in by Sumpter. seven touchdowns. By the
1: way, Alan Smothers volunteers to run the high school league. He thinks he's the <laughs> man yeah, for the good good job. Idea. The bad boy. <laughs> not a good idea. At all. Let's go to Tom and <laughs> Sumter. Tom, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Good to have you with us tonight. Yeah, this
8: not what I wanted to talk about, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, and I know y'all don't want it either. But I heard you talking about the. South Carolina, 49 schools in the country. Well, the fact is, there are parts of the state where the schools are as good as any schools in the country anywhere. They're just isolated in specific parts of the state. And in those areas where the best schools of South Carolina exist, take a look at the teacher pay compared to the other districts where the educational standards are much lower. So money, in some ways, does make good schools. But okay. another one, the other thing I'll say... Anybody who knows anything about schools will tell you that which determines the educational level of a school is the educational level of the parents coming into those schools. There's only so much the schools can do. I don't know what you do about that. Again, I don't want to talk about that, so that's enough of that. I did want to address this whole loyalty thing of today's players. I I would suggest that the only reason, quote, loyalty existed before the transfer portal and NIL, these players were basically held hostage. They had, no, they, they had no leverage to do anything about their situation. Um, they are no less loyal now than all the coaches have ever been. Coaches are constantly chasing the money. Coaches have constantly looked what's better for them in another situation. All the players are doing right now is, because they're no longer being held hostage, is doing what college coaches have done since eternity. And I, I don't think saying today's players are less loyal than other players is is looking at the picture properly.
1: Yeah, good point. I guess we look at coaches as being mercenaries and, and players the same way. I was just citing, and I hear what you're saying, but would you agree with this? I mean, when you're a player and player X and you're making almost a million dollars, you're making $800,000 in your NIL deal, and you get hurt – and the school takes great care of you, does everything to get you healthy, takes you to a specialist and all that, and spends all this money on you, but you and you don't get to play, but you're pocketing the money and everything that comes with it. Do you think maybe there's just a little piece of you, just a teeny-weeny little piece of you that might say, you know what, I'm coming back because these people were good to me, that paid me well, took care of me when I was hurt, did everything. I'm sticking. I'm not chasing the dollars somewhere else. Do you think maybe? Maybe?
8: Yeah, I, I think there should be a little bit of that. But perhaps were hired by a school that took a chance on them, that, that let them survive a few seasons where they weren't so well. And then the moment they have that, the first time they get to the uh, Sweet 16 for one of these little schools, they forget those 10 or 15 years they were at that school that stood by them through the lean years. Yeah. And bingo, they jump right to where the money is. So, yeah. you know, yeah. But loyal, loyalty is something decided on a person-by-person basis. My point is I don't think it's any different with today's generation. It's just what's different is the system allows players to do the same thing the coaches have proven they are always willing to do for the most part.
1: I can't argue with that. Thank you. Do you think people – thank you for your phone call. So do you think people are mad at coaches? Do you think people are now like have always begrudged coaches for up and running for the money? Yes. Yes. And now we're really we're hearing it now with the players mm-hmm. doing the same thing. It's like, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you did it. Now we're doing it, and you I can't have say a thing about angry. it.
3: I don't think that's a new phenomenon. I, mean, I, I, I don't mean to I jump in I there, Chris. But look, look at how angry Duke fans are at Mike Elko. Mike Elko throughout this season talked about how much he loved Duke, and he loved how much money they'd put into new facilities and upgrading the stadium and basically doing everything he asked them to do He publicly said after the Clemson game how he wanted to be in Duke forever and loved the environment and look at what we've done here when everybody was storming the field and whatnot. He talked about how much he wanted to be there, and now all of a sudden Texas A&M opened up and he just walked out the door. I I don't see that being any different here. We've seen coaches do this forever. People have been angry forever when that has happened. I don't think that's a new thing. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: Hmm? No, and I I think Pat has has been pretty – pretty standard with this opinion that it's about time the players get this opportunity. I think the one thing that bothers most people, and keep in mind coaches lie, Nick Saban was never going to Alabama when he was the head coach in Miami, too. So, I mean, coaches have been lying about other jobs forever. But I think that the bigger problem that most fans have, if you're a college fan, there's one thing, one of two things. You either grew up as that fan because your parents went to school there, or you went to school there. So you look at players differently because nine times out of 10, your coach did not attend the university for which you pull. Like Dabo Sweeney did not go to Clemson, Shane Beamer did not go to South Carolina. But the players there, well, they're just like me, they went to the university. And when they leave, I think it hurts a lot worse for fans than it does when a coach hurts. But, yeah, or leaves, rather. But I think you're right, Pat. I think they get upset. And I understand Duke fans being upset, just like Dolphins fans were against Nick. You know, when Nick Saban said, what, the week he took the job at Alabama, sure. he was never going to be the head coach at Alabama. And do you why? why? It-
3: Players' life and and LSU fans. I would imagine a lot of LSU fans still hold a grudge against Nick Saban. That is one of the things that plays into that LSU Alabama rivalry. I realize it was it was a rivalry before that too, but that certainly plays a role every time those two teams face off. Because he left after what was it right after a Natty or maybe a year later at LSU to then go take that Dolphins Mm -hmm. job and then ended up coming right back to a rival (laughs) within the division. (laughs) So I would imagine there's still some some hard feelings there too. There's no doubt.
1: The uh, coaches' All-SEC team announced today three Gamecocks are on it. Hunter Rogers selected as the first-team long snapper. Xavier Leggett named to the second team, and Trey Knox named to the second team as well. Knox as a tight end, and Leggett as second-team wide receiver. So Gamecocks uh, have those three on the All-SEC team as selected by the coaches hard to believe. uh no Spencer not Rattler. Fir- uh, no, Spencer Rattler. Leggett not first team receiver. The first team receivers were Malik Neighbors and Luther Burden the third. Uh, good, good receivers in their own right. But gosh, was anybody more spectacular than uh, Leggett? And considering what he had to to do mm-hmm. to help carry the offense, it was awfully impressive. Uh, we go to Jeff. Up in Honey of Path, Jeff, welcome into Sports Talk Tonight. It's great to have you with us. Hey, how you doing, Phil? Great, sir. Good to have you. Hey, I
9: really enjoy the show. I listen to every night. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. Only education statistics, I, I've been doing it for about twenty five, thirty years or so. But uh, you know, in South Carolina everyone is allowed to take the SAT or the ACT. And that's what they're base it on. Everybody can do it. There's there's no filters or anything. That's why that number is where it is. That's that's on that. Number two is the high school league has it exactly right. Uh, the multiplier is one of the best things that could happen. Uh, if you enjoy watching two private schools play for a two A state championship and a private school that draws from multiple counties play a seven thousand person school, you know, from their district. Uh that that ain't exactly fair. Uh there's a league for those folks. It's called Skiza, And if you want to recruit, that's where you need to go play. It's not in the public school system. And uh it it it, it, it all started way back when with Bobby Bentley, Shell Doula and Xavier Dye. That's when it all started, and uh, hmm. it's you mean when when
1: Xavier died, left Greenwood, and ended up at uh, Burns under Tommy Biden's influence. You mean, yeah? I, I, I don't. I, mean. I don't know the backstory. Obviously, you do. Are you you know something?
9: Well, I'm just saying.
1: Hmm. I mean, this
9: that's that's kind of what happened. That's where it all started, and that was the beginning in my mind of the whole transfer portal deal. College football is dealing with what South Carolina high school football coaches deal with every day. And uh, the other callers talking about socioeconomic status and uh, school performance, it has nothing to do with that. It has with tail whipping status. If a parent is willing to whoop a tail, a child will do well. And uh, that's, that's what the status is on that. mm uh, <laughs> But I mean, you look at Abbeville. Abbeville County is one of the poorest districts in the state, and they outperform everyone athletically and academically on state tests. And uh, you know, they're one of
1: they're one of the poorest counties in the state. So, well, how uh, how do they excel? Why do they excel on the on the tests as a whole? It is expectations. It is discipline and it is parental guidance. Well, if you got all that going for you, you're going to have a good chance then. I'll give you that. If you got all oh, that they going do for them. you. They do. You're yeah. yeah. You're going to have a yeah, good Hey, thank you very much. Great hearing from you. Appreciate the phone call. We'll be back. We got recruiting coming up. Basketball coaches and more phone calls here on Sports Talk. Don't go away. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. More of your calls coming up and recruiting as well. But we got a big one tomorrow night, big basketball game in the upstate at Little John Coliseum, tip-off at 8 o'clock. South Carolina and Clemson each 7-0. and The Tigers are ranked 24th this week. The Gamecocks are getting votes. Uh, a chance for um, one to uh, really, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's still December. Things really are mm-hmm. serious in January, February, though Clemson already has a 1-0 and ACC record with an impressive win. I tell you, another reason I like Clemson here, they have won at Alabama and they have won at Pittsburgh. That tells me something about uh, this team. Let's hear a little bit from both coaches uh, to kind of preview things tomorrow night up at uh, Little John Coliseum. We'll begin with the visiting team, uh, the Gamecocks' lamont Paris. He met with the media yesterday, took questions about uh, facing the Tigers, about his team and their 7-0 and start and getting ready to go up to Clemson to see if they can extend the best start this team has had since Frank Martin's team went to the Final Four in 2017. Lamont Paris from yesterday. A
9: little more juice to this one as opposed to last year. I know you're excited for your first one last year, but with them being ranked, hopefully everybody undefeated.
10: Um, I mean, it's a fun. It'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun atmosphere. Um, certainly, it's it's it makes for a great game in that they are ranked and both teams are undefeated. It'd be great for the state. Fun for the state. Fun for both schools. And um, uh, should be a lot a lot of fun. There's there's no more or less juice to it. Honestly, just we got to we're trying to continue to get better and um, it'd be our first true road game. And so. Respond to adversity that will definitely hit, and then um, you know, how do we come out of the gates and how do we stick to the script and all the things that go along with that? But certainly, it's a fun game uh, for the state with both teams being uh, undefeated right
11: now. And good memories for you last year, obviously, in your first kind of a wild game at the CLA? Yeah,
10: it was fun, it was really fun. It was, you know, I've been in a lot of rivalry games. and so uh, it was. It was fun, and the way that it ended was great for the fans, and great that we were able to win. Of how it went down uh, was was really exciting for our for our fan base. Yeah. A lot of guys in the team go
2: back on this, but I started talking to some of the
5: new guys, and that have not been
10: in about what this game is. Um, I haven't heard a lot of that chatter yet. Uh, you know, typically for me, honestly, I I I'm gonna do coach speak here. I normally try to build them the same you know it's early in the season um you know we try to just prepare ourselves the way we do for any other game I'm sure Brad does the same I don't know maybe he tells those guys they should hate our guts I don't know that's how maybe that's how (laughs) he gets them ready I doubt it but um you know it is It's, it's a lot of fun rivalry I just there's the only thing that's compares to being in front of your own crowd is to be in front of a hostile crowd, and that's certainly what it will be when we go up there, uh, particularly given both teams have gotten off to a really good start this year. So uh, we're just excited to go up and, and be able to continue uh, uh, trying to play good basketball. You
7: mentioned this being your first true road test. How does playing Grand Canyon back at the Arizona Top Off potentially help you guys prepare for that? I remember you mentioned it. it felt like that hostile environment
10: that I'm at. Yeah, you get a taste of it. They had a really good crowd there. Um, uh, obviously, it's in their backyard. It's in their backyard—the Grand Canyon game. And so there's a little bit of preparation for that. And so, um, you know, last year I think honestly our team did a pretty good job on the road. I most of our wins, a lot of our wins anyway, were, were in true road games. Uh, one year when I was at Chattanooga, we led the nation in road wins uh, in the entire country. And so I think part of that is just that you pre- you do prepare the same. You try to prepare the same try to go through the same paces, you try to get to the same mindset every single game, whether that's home or whether that's away, and then let the chips fall where they may. But, um, so we had a good practice today. We'll try to do the same thing, but but certainly uh, the Grand Canyon game hopefully did a little bit to prepare us. Does it help that you're,
7: does it help that you're so comfortable being on the
11: road given your previous success?
10: Online? From a mindset standpoint, you know, I, from a mindset and preparation standpoint, I think so. We just I've always done it that way. I just have always try to prepare to get the guys in the same exact mindset. Some of your pregame routines will be different. You're not sleeping in your same bed. You know there are a lot of things that'll be a little bit different. But uh, from a mindset and preparation standpoint, we try to we try to make it business as usual.
3: You know, aside from the rivalry of being on the road, just from basketball, what does Clemson do well? What are they going to bring? What's the challenge facing that team this Wednesday night?
10: Uh, they're a solid team. They got a lot of different guys that can put the ball in the basket. Um, you know, I think Adden Gerard was a was a was a, a shot in the arm for them from an offensive standpoint. Um, you got a guy like uh, P.J. Hall who's going to be in the conversation and already is in the conversation for ACC Player of the Year. It's early, I know that, but that's the caliber of player that he is. Um, he can hurt you from the inside, uh, he can hurt you from the outside. So they're a versatile team. You know, There's some similarities, honestly, between, between them and us. So, um, so it should, should be a lot of fun, but they got a really good team, good defensive team. They're scrappy, they're, they're not afraid to play physical brand of basketball. Um, they're a versatile type team, so um, it'd be a good challenge for
1: us. All right, some comments from Lamont Paris on the Gamecock side of things, preparing to take his uh, team up to Little John Coliseum to face uh, the Tigers tomorrow night. A lot of intriguing matchups. The I imagine BJ Mack and PJ Hall will square off uh, quite a bit, though it could be uh, Shefflin. Uh, it could be Shefflin on on uh, on Mac and. Um, uh, either way, there's going to be a lot of uh, banging and, and bumping inside with those with those bodies. Um, though Mac does tend to drift outside and shoot the three, mm-hmm. so maybe he'll try to draw them out. Now, one thing about PJ Hall, he will get into foul trouble. He will get into foul. You attack him and see if you can um, shorten his game by putting him on the bench in foul difficulty. Uh, I would imagine that um, they would attack him in that in that manner if they can drive to the basket. Let's go to the other side. Here is Brad Brownell. He met with the media today. Same thing, talking about the Gamecocks and his team. 7-0, ranked number 24, best start for them as a program since 2008. Brad Brownell.
11: Obviously, great week for us. Uh, last week, when the two road games. Proud of the way our guys played and competed on the road. But certainly nice to be back at home. Um, hopefully, Little John's going to be uh, packed and should be a terrific game. South Carolina is off to a tremendous start as well. Uh, Lamont's done a really good job with their team. Um, they shoot the ball exceptionally well from the perimeter. Um, can play very versatilely, if that's a word. A lot of versatile lineups um, with guards, bigs. Um, and they have experience. They went in the portal. Here's Talon Cooper. Talon um, Cooper. Good player locally and, and really runs their team, does a nice job for them. Miles Studi from Vanderbilt can score, another old grad guy. Um, and then B.J. Mack, who we obviously played against when he was at Wofford, who's a good player. And um, So those guys have really uh, injected their team with some confidence and, and just quality play, experience. Um, so Michi Johnson, obviously a very talented guy that we saw last year, and uh, – I think they do a really nice job defensively. Very competitive group, very connected on defense. When you watch them on film, you're just impressed by um, the way they compete defensively for sure and and, uh, just kind of play the game the right way. So um, we have to play really well to win, um, but we're really excited about about the game. So questions for me. when we look at South Carolina, where does the three-point shooting kind of rank in terms of your concern? Yeah, it's it's a big concern. You know, there's they they do a nice job. Obviously, BJ Mack can score in the post. They post their guards, so they'll invert their offense a little bit. Um, that all works if you have shooting to space the court, and they do. And uh, you know, it's not one or two guys; it's like four guys that are shooting forty percent. And obviously, BJ Mack's a guy that can stretch it as a big guy. Um, so it's it's certainly a concern. Um, They don't turn the ball over much. They they run good stuff. They play with good spacing. And so they put you in situations where, you know, if you're going to help, you might give some shots up. Um, So it's obviously very sound offense, and and, uh, that's part of of what we'll have to deal with tomorrow.
7: In your years of coaching here at Clemson, has there been a time where this rivalry game has kind of been more in the spotlight considering that? Both teams are yeah,
11: I don't know. I don't I don't think we've ever both been undefeated uh this late in the year. I, we we've had a year or two where it's been close. Somebody's had one loss, maybe both have had one loss. Um, but yeah, you'd like to think you know, football season has taken a little bit of a breather and uh, hopefully folks have have tuned in to both teams cuz they both have got some quality wins. We obviously had a great week last week those guys have beaten virginia tech and notre dame from the acc so they've been playing well um won a tournament out in arizona you know we won our tournament at Asheville. so if you've been following the teams you've you've seen good basketball and and both teams playing well um you know i'm optimistic that we'll have a great crowd and that there'll be a lot of folks watching uh on tv as well uh supporting both teams i
3: know last year you
11: yeah. Um, Having your how does that change the dynamic? That yeah, I just think it helps a little bit build some momentum with the season. It helps because football isn't still in full go. When it's the first week of the season, everybody has one and a half eyes on football and half an eye on basketball. And, uh, you know now at least I think you can take your eyes off football for a little bit and watch this game. It's, it's, it's going to be a great game. I think both teams and both players, groups of players are playing unbelievably well and they're fun teams to watch. Um, so I think just kind of getting it a little, a little later in the season helps with that. Um, and it also lets both teams begin to settle your team. We're still both trying to figure out our teams completely. Obviously we've had some injuries, um, with some guys they have as well probably, and you're just trying to put your new guys together and see how stylistically we think we want to play this way and is it working, not working, how do we adjust? Um, Obviously right now for both teams things are working well, Um, but I think moving the game later helps a variety of reasons. You talk about things working pretty well for your team. Is there anything through the first seven games you say, we need to be better at this by January? Yeah, I mean we need to be better defensively um you know, to win at a, a really high level. I think we've had times when we've been very good and times when we've been very average. Um rebounding a little bit also, but I think our rebounding at times has been really good. Like Pitt was a very aggressive offensive rebounding team. I thought we held our own. Alabama got some some extra rebounds against us. We needed to do a little better job. I thought our Offensive rebounding has gotten a little better, and so that helped kind of stem the tide. I think it was about even in the game, Um, but those are a couple factors. You know, we need to get to the free throw line a little bit more. I'd like to see us get fouled a little more to take some pressure off. Um, Those are a couple things that just stand out right right now.
1: All right, looking forward to a good, hot, old night in the barn up there. Little John Coliseum should be a good one between the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Smitty's going to be there, so he'll be with us tomorrow night to uh, set the stage from Little John. go to recruiting here on Sports Talk. It is brought to you by Sea Wells. We hope you will get to Sea Wells for their buffet tomorrow from 11 till 2. It's only $14, and you will... You will walk out feeling like you spent $50 because you will have eaten such good vittles, all right? So get to uh, Seawells for that daily luncheon buffet. You need the best in the catering business, then just give Seawells a call at 803-771-7385. Offensive guard, Elijah Thurman, 65275, Hinesville, Georgia. He is going to announce on Monday afternoon, Clemson, USC, Georgia Tech, the finalist. Took an official to Clemson November 10th, multiple unofficials to Georgia Tech. This weekend, an official to South Carolina. Looking forward to being there and checking everything out. He's been talking to line coach Lonnie Teasley. Last night, he had his first conversation with Clemson's new offensive line coach, Matt Luke. He said going into this visit, he does have Clemson number one on his list right now because they meet his expectations and what he was expecting when he went to Clemson. So that is what South Carolina has to shoot for. USC will also get a visit this weekend from receiver Jaden McGowan, 5'8", 181, transfer from Vanderbilt out of Lawrence. Interesting story because South Carolina uh, did not recruit him the first time around, so 80 catches later in the SEC, they've paid attention to McGowan and uh, and his speed, and he is coming in for an official visit this weekend. He talked yesterday morning about 7 a.m. Once his name was in the portal, he got a call from Justin Stepp and the offer was made and he is headed to South Carolina for a visit this weekend, you would think this would be a good opportunity for South Carolina. Indiana has also offered and Boston College also offered today. Uh, Gamecock Central reported transfer receivers Jared Brown of Coastal and Cyrus Allen of Louisiana Tech will take officials to USC this weekend. USC target, Tennessee Tech transfer defensive back Gerald Kilgore was offered by West Virginia. He's visiting this weekend. USC target, Harvard transfer tight end Tyler Neville was offered by UCLA, took an official to Virginia last weekend, scheduled to visit South Carolina this weekend per 24-7 sports. Clemson safety Andrew McCuba announced for the transfer portal today, and then he was offered by Ole Miss and Oregon. Clemson freshman defensive end David Ojibi is also transferring, as is reserve running back Dominique Thomas. Texas, Tennessee emerged as schools to watch for South Carolina transfer receiver Juice Wells, according to Pete Nakos of On3. Florida State and Louisville emerged as the top ones for Oregon State transfer quarterback D.J. Uyonglele, the former Tiger, that's according to Pete Femmel, Great Collegiate product, Georgia State Transfer running back Casey Adams was offered by Benedict, and 6'4 safety Dericky Wright is transferring from Vanderbilt. I mentioned this because he was recruited by South Carolina out of high school in 2019. There you go. That is recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk. Keep a watch on it on our website, sportstalksc.com. Use the hashtag STRecruiting to pick it up on X, formerly known as Twitter. You had something you wanted to say real quick before the break?
2: Yeah, it's a little disappointing. I get scheduling, but back to uh, Clemson and and Carolina tomorrow night. And I'm not trying to be funny here, but do the uh, women actually outdraw the men's game tomorrow night because the ladies are playing at 7 o'clock at home? Ooh. And my point well, is mm-hmm. couldn't USC move the women's game, it's on ESPN plus or whatever, so there's not a I don't think a contract with ESPN to get that one on. Couldn't they move it to about five o'clock so the fans don't have to have their attentions diverted? I mean it's the the men's game is a big, big deal tomorrow. And I'm I'm just disappointed you're trying to put the number one team on the women's side who deserves support as well, going up mm-hmm. basically an hour ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's an a great interesting point. point. Yeah. Uh, one more recruiting note before we go to the break, uh, USC also has offered Vanderbilt transfer wide receiver Will Shepard, who's also picked up several other uh, P5 offers. Uh, and also the Gamecocks offered 2025 linebacker Mondrigas Daniel of Roanoke, Virginia. Okay, now we've got to go to our break. And we will come back and finish it up with some phone calls. 888-898-2525. One more recruiting note as we go to the break. (laughs) I keep finding my little notes. 2025 quarterback Ryan Montgomery of Finley, Ohio, will visit South Carolina January 20th, Auburn January 22nd, and Florida on a date to be determined. Plus, some new teams are entering the picture as well, so more visits could be scheduled. Okay, to the break, and we'll be right back.
0: It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
5: This year's Carolina and Clemson Jackpot $5 scratch-off tickets give you a chance to win up to $200,000, whether you're a Gamecock or a Tiger. Plus, you can enter your tickets into the second chance promotion for a chance to step on the field or the court to win 50 dollars 75 dollars or even $100,000. In this state, winning the Palmetto Series does matter that much, so get your tickets today. See sceducationlottery.com for odds and details. Winning and non-winning tickets can be entered. Second chance odds depend on number of entries received.
0: Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call
9: me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- for all of your Midlands insurance needs.
3: George Bryan
6: for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this Tsunami, Robbie?
0: transferring the training to the grass, this may be the most undervalued character Tsunami Flexible Bar Technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces, and the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and
1: training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed hey this is phil kornblu the tsunami bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game it's convenient it's easy to use and you won't feel beat up afterwards be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get five percent off any order using promo code bbb5 don't wait order today The stars do shine brighter at the beach as some of the best senior high school football players in South Carolina will be on display Saturday in the 76th Annual Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl. This is Phil Blue. Be sure to join us for our broadcast starting at noon from Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. We'll have it all from kickoff to postgame, plus the announcement of Mr. Football at halftime. That's the Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl this Saturday at noon on the Sports Network. Well, the door for Louisville for D.J. Uyonglele might have just closed because transfer quarterback from Texas Tech, Tyler Schau, Schau? M-H-O-U-G-H. Yeah. I would say Shau. not familiar with him. He's transferring to Louisville. So <laughs> does that close the door on D.J. Uyonglele? Could you imagine if he
2: ends up at Florida State?
1: That would be a hoot. <laughs> that would be a hoot. That game's sure. in Tallahassee
3: next year, though. <laughs> Imagine if that were in Clemson.
2: <laughs> he would be an amazing bicoastal player.
3: That would Atlantic be Coast
2: one year, out to the West Coast one well, year. Well, what if now Juice Wells is Coast. at
1: Tennessee? What if Juice Wells ends up at Tennessee? Um, he'll face the Gamecocks next mm-hmm. year. I think they're still on the schedule next year. You're
2: going to see a and lot that of game that game. Is at Williams-Brice Stadium. Well, no.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Whoa, 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 it?
2: whoa! Are they playing Tennessee or is it Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida? Not on next year's schedule for them.
1: Yeah, I got to go back and look at that. Got to go back and look at that. Pat, do we have anybody holding? Anybody holding we want to go to? We do not. We do not. Okay. All right, we've cleared the board. Okay. Uh, Let me update basketball then before we run out of time. 68-44, Tennessee over George Mason. Winthrop and Queens tied at 61. Citadel, 43-21 over Pfeiffer. Notre Dame, 40-34 over Western Michigan. Florida trailing Merrimack. 31-30, 31-30, Virginia forty-one seventeen over North Carolina Central, Georgia 19-10 on top of Georgia Tech. Boston College beat Central Connecticut eighty-two sixty-eight. Illinois leads Florida Atlantic 64-59, Xavier on top of Delaware, no, make it the other way, Delaware on top of Xavier 65-58. Anybody give uh, – am I the only one picking Clemson, Picking the game tomorrow night? I'm, I'm going with Clemson. I'll lay the eight. Nah, yeah, eight. I said well, I think I'm Clemson not, wins, I'm not but sure. I think I'm Carolina doing it from covers. I think standpoint. it's a lot
2: closer. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot closer than that. And the Gamecocks do not play Tennessee next year in football, so no. that might be a safe landing spot for Juice Wells.
1: Yeah, that's right. No but, Gamecocks, yeah, no, I think tomorrow night's game to is it. going
2: to be terrific. I'm so excited about it, and good props to the two teams for getting us this opportunity tomorrow All night. Right. Hope it doesn't disappoint. Look forward to that and more. See you tomorrow.